hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had the incredible opportunity to speak with Marcus Bridge of the band North Lane over Zoom video. Marcus talks about being born and raised in Sydney and how he got into music. His mom had an acoustic guitar, so he became interested in playing that, but he was also a singer. A girl that he had a crush on heard him singing in the halls, and she had a song that she had written and needed somebody to sing it, so he ended up performing the song that, that she asked him to sing, and, and that's where he caught the bug for performing, and from there on out wanted to be in a band. He played in various bands through high school and out of high school. It wasn't until 2014... When North Lane's singer ended up leaving the band, he was also a fan of the band. He tried out and he, he got the part. So he told us all about the stress of now kind of filling the role, the shoes of the old singer, recording the first record that he did with the band called Node. And then the massive success of the record ends up going number one on the Australian charts, wins a bunch of awards. He talks about the milestone moments of the next two records, where the band was when COVID happened, and all about this brand new record, which is called Obsidian. You can watch the interview with Marcus and myself on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with North Lane. My name is Adam, and this podcast is about you, your journey in music, and uh, we'll talk about the band and the new record and, and everything happening uh, with you guys. Perfect. Sounds great. Awesome, awesome. Uh, first off, well, I know you you joined the band what 2014, 2015 era. Yeah, I believe it was the end of 2014. So. Okay, so I want to talk to you about you know getting up to that process and then joining the band. So where where were you born and raised? So I was born in uh, somewhere in Sydney. I think Camperdown, if that means anything. Um, yeah, born in Sydney and lived there most of my life. Uh, Kind of all over the place through Sydney, I guess. Um, at some point, I lived in Queensland for about a year, but uh, yeah, grew up around there. And um, yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right, from Sydney, there you go. I, I dig it. Are you come from a musical household at all? Uh, not necessarily. I think like my mom used to play guitar a little bit, um, and my uncles kind of uh, were into like heavy music, but. There was no one who was like kind of directly playing music or anything like that. I was I was definitely around a lot of music, but um, was never really getting pushed to like play or anything. Okay, so you didn't get thrown in like piano lessons at six or anything like that. Yeah, no, nothing like that. I had to kind of find my own way into it. What? And yeah, and how did you do that? Like, what got you into uh, music? Well, there are a few different kind of points that I think about when it comes to, yeah, when I started and one of them was just, yeah, my mom had an acoustic guitar lying around um, and I wouldn't, I just pick it up and like try and play like rhythms on it. Like I wasn't playing chords or anything. I would just be playing rhythmic stuff and kind of like 
slowly trying to like write something on this guitar, but not really knowing how to do it. And that was when I was maybe like 10 or 11 or something. Um, but then from there, when I went into high school, I had a friend who, um, she was playing a, a piano song. What was it? It was um, Boston by Augustana. Um, and she had needed someone to sing it for her performance. And she'd heard me sing just like in passing somewhere, nothing serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then asked if I wanted to try and yeah, sing that for her performance. So I did that and was very nervous, but it felt really good. It felt like, oh my goodness, it felt like something I wanted to be doing um, from, from such an early point. So from there, I kind of just asked my parents for a guitar or for something to, to try and um, learn how to play music and kind of just found my own way from there. So you weren't like in the chorus or choir or anything like that? You're this person just heard you like singing in the hallway and was like, oh, hey, yeah, you kind of have a cool voice. I think her and I kind of had like a little bit of a, had a little bit of a thing going on. Ah, so okay. I think she might have had a bit of a crush on me and I was a bit the same to her. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll help. And she was sure. kind of wanting to get me involved. Um, but yeah, I would definitely had never done anything serious like that. Um, I think uh, like the school would have put me in like a choir group, but I was never serious. I was like, no, nah, this is lame. I'm not doing it the choir. Um, <laughs> yeah, from there then. I was just like, wow, music's pretty awesome, actually. It gives me such an awesome feeling being mm-hmm. up there and performing. So, yeah. So then you got the guitar or you started, what, playing around on the acoustic that your mom had? Yeah, I had, yeah, this acoustic guitar for a little while. And my uncle actually taught me about um, Drop D. <laughs> which oh, I there you go. Okay. Instantly turned that guitar, yeah, tuned that to Drop D and just would play power chords on that, which, which was, for me... Um, in terms of like starting to try and write songs was actually really, uh, really helpful because I, I wasn't thinking at all about music at all. I was just like, what, what sounds good under something I might sing? Um, which it all sucked, but I mean, for me, it was still like, it was a starting point for me and um, yeah, it just felt really good. Yeah. It's interesting that you went straight to drop D. So you must've been into what, heavy music at the time. Um, always into heavier music. Somewhat. I mean, i I was more like uh, into like pop punk and um, like emo oh, okay. music at that point. Um, That's what I love. I still yeah. love that to this day. <laughs> That's been my like nostalgic trip through lockdown is just pretty much going back and listening to all this uh, mid-2000s like emo stuff. What um, were the records that you... I'm just curious because I well, love that that genre. So what, what, what were your some of your favorites? Yeah, well, like Fall Out Boy and My Cam, I think... Corktree and um, Infinity mm-hmm. on High were like two of the big albums for me when I was growing up. Um, and yeah, all of my cam. Um, there's heaps of other stuff, I guess, like from first to last as well. Okay. Drop Dead Gorgeous. Uh, I can't, I, there's so many that I can't. Yeah, yeah right. No, I know, I, I kind of put you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, from there, I was just uh, kind of trying to just write. I think. With the acoustic, I was trying to just write acoustic music at that point too, but still kind of with the emo tinge to it. So I guess, um, well, like I didn't. I think Dashboard writes an all drop D, even though he's got the pretty voice and the you know kind of the higher ends. But and somebody told me his his tuning is like all like I I don't. I, it was something along the lines of like he almost 
tunes every string to D or like some oh, weird like, like open D situation going yeah, on. Yeah, some bizarre tuning and but it's interesting because you can have, have drop D obviously be very heavy and do, like dark and and but then his you listen to like you know screaming infidelities and you're like oh okay this is a pretty song. <laughs> you could do anything with drop D man. Anything. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're doing acoustic stuff and how old are you at this point? Um, this is me, maybe 13, 14. Um, okay. And yeah, from there, actually, um, I had a music teacher in, in the music class who I, I wasn't doing music at, in high school at this point, but um, she'd heard me singing at this school performance and had a group of uh, kids like in the year below me who had started a rock band and like needed a singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she's like, do you want to maybe try singing for these guys? Um, so yeah, I went to the music room at lunchtime and hung out with these guys and they were playing, um, Hell Song by Sum 41. Um, okay. I was like, okay, this is, this is interesting. This isn't, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I hadn't thought about starting like a punky or pop punk kind of band thing. I was just trying to play music or do whatever, really. I wasn't really thinking about the broader scope of what, a band would be but that would then turn into yeah like my first band out of out of high school we um kind of that band or a form of that band kind of stuck around until i was like done at high school and that's kind of where i started building up my uh, okay musicality i guess <laughs> sure and then did you continue what playing in bands or for for a while there yeah so i actually moved school uh like for the last couple of years of high school um and met a few other like-minded people there and started a slightly more um, like heavy, uh, like a, like a, I like to call it rise core from back in the day. Just all those bands that came from rise that had a very, Oh, sure. Sound. Um, yeah. We, we were just trying to write like that kind of music, kind of uh, Memphis may fire kind of breakdown <laughs> silly music. Um, of that era, but which I still love as well. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, uh, Maddie Mullins is the neighbor. Is my neighbor. Oh, legend! That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty um, funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I still sweat some of those early uh, Memphis May Fire albums. Even the <laughs> I just kind of fallen off in the heavy scene a bit. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, that was kind of my first little. That was my first serious-ish thing coming out of school. I was like, okay, I could maybe go play some shows and go up the East Coast trying to do this for a little while. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... uh, Yeah, I think there's always been some kind of musical thing um, that kind of followed whatever I was doing before. After that, I was in another kind of emo-y band that was like Pierce the Veil meets Panic at the Disco. Um, Okay. And that would have been like the last thing I did before um, joining Northlane, actually. Okay. Yeah. And, so, and with, well, with the band, were you a fan of the band prior to joining them? Like, I mean, they needed, you came in what, on the third record? Yeah. So they'd uh, released two albums already um, and had kind of made a somewhat a name for themselves around the place. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that was... Uh, Incredibly scary. I I, I had, I had um, was a big fan actually of that previous album of, of Singularity, mm-hmm. and there was a time where yeah, me and my friends would just kind of uh, get together like after school or whatever, and just watch the Quantum Flux music video and just be like shocked by the 
by the riff, by the um, by the drums in it, um, mm-hmm. and just be like sweating this band to my friends. Um, so yeah, it was incredibly <laughs> surreal to then find myself like actually on the day that they announced that um, they were looking for a new vocalist. I had like a friend message me, but I also had uh, Josh, our guitarist, message me saying that he'd had a bunch of people recommend me to try out. So it was just really surreal to like never really have, um, not really have a, a relationship with them personally or anything in in our world that we might have crossed over in, but then to have him, or have Josh message me asking me to try and join out, um, join the answer. Yeah. That, I mean, how incredible as a fan of the band. And then, I mean, that must've been kind of a big shoe to, to fill. I would think, was it weird? Like coming into a band? Yeah. That you is established, they've got some things going on and then it's, I mean, not to sound like all the other members of of the band aren't important, but like the voice of the band and like the guy fronting the band, you've got to kind of take that slot. Correct. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think it's quite interesting. Northlane had kind of built a certain reputation up, um, particularly with uh, the old vocalist. And I think it took quite a while for uh, people to get over that and get past that, that I was this new guy with a pretty different style to, um, to Adrian. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And for me, that would just meant like, Okay, look, I'm never going to be the same voice as as um, they previously had, but all I can do is just try my best, and do the best I can, and put as much effort into what I'm doing as I can, and hopefully, um, as time goes on, people kind of see that I'm I'm not here just to try and uh, you know make a name for myself off what people have already made. I'm trying to build something new and push this even further. Sure. Uh, I think for a lot of people, they thought it was a matter of me just kind of coming in and being like, all right, well, this is, this is my party now. This is what we're going to do. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be all singing, no screaming anymore. It's going to be really soft and blah, blah, blah. Whereas that's not, yeah, it's not at all what I was uh, coming in to do. I was just trying to fit into what the, the boys wanted in the music and mm-hmm. I guess what made sense to me as well. Did you like have to submit some sort of, I, from what I was reading online, they they had people submit like videos or something like that. Did you do that or? Yeah, so uh, I think a couple of them are on on YouTube still. We they had uh, everyone do an audition of two songs, um, "Quantum Flux" and "Dream Awake." Um, or you could choose from one of the two songs, and I did "Dream Awake." Um, and I think I took quite a different approach to it than a lot of the other people auditioning had done. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I just, I just kind of sang a lot of it, um, which I think is also where people kind of came up with the idea that I was just going to come in and just sing over everything and there wouldn't be any screaming or anything like that. But I guess I was trying to, yeah, show a different side of what, you know, what a song could be, I guess, if I was mm-hmm. to be in the band. Um, and yeah, they were really into it and then asked me to try writing uh, writing my own vocals over one of their instrumental songs um, and once again they were they seemed to be into it and yeah this here I am I guess <laughs> <laughs> did that instrumental make the that node record or no um, no so that instrumental it was a uh, singularity it was like the title track from the previous album oh uh, okay so it was, 
It was more just like a matter of, yeah, you, you're familiar with this song that we've already put out, but then what would you do if you had the opportunity? If you added vocals to it. Yeah. Ah, so, I understand. That's interesting. Yeah, it was quite strange because, yeah, I've, I'd never listened to that song. I never thought of it with vocals in mind before. Yeah, this audition thing came up. And it's just like a weird, it's, it's a, it was a cool way of doing it, to be honest. Like, I don't think um, I would have thought that would be a good idea. <laughs> right, a, right. I and mean, it's kind of a bold move, especially if you're a fan of the, the band. It's like, okay, this song's already done. It's on the record that I like. Yeah. And now they want me to put lyrics and like a melody, you know, singing to it. Like, they want me to take ownership of it now of something right. that isn't mine, but I'll do my best. <laughs> right, right. Wow. With, um, I mean, just, just how like getting, you know, you're in the band and then like, are you playing shows right away or do you, are you guys working on that record that you ended up, you know, on the note album? Was that the first priority or was it, okay, this uh, record's done. We need to play some shows and get you in front of our fans. And then are you having to just sing the, you know, previous records? So the timeline of everything, um, it was pretty much like I joined the band. Um, we got, together and started writing uh, Rot, which was the first song I put out and was kind of the reveal of the new vocalist for everyone before we headed out on tour. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was maybe like six weeks or something, maybe, maybe two months between me joining the band, us having to like rehearse and um, get prepared for a tour, which, which my first tour with Northlane was heading to Europe for 25 days in a row. 25 shows in a row, no days off with Parkway Drive, Heaven Shall Burn and Carnifex. Um, <laughs> wow. So, and, and being from Australia as well, like Parkway is such an iconic band for us, an influential band for anyone who's playing heavy music in Australia. So for me to be coming into this band that I like was already a fan of, then going on tour with one of like my favorite heavy bands from Australia ever with Heaven Shall Burn and Carnifex as well. Um, never having done like a tour that long, um, that was absolutely terrifying. And then we, I think we went straight, we went home, played like a little festival here is like the reveal for Australia. Mm -hmm. Went to the US to play, yeah, second tour with North Haines, August Burns Red headline tour okay. around America. So a, a big way to be joining the band. Um, <laughs> right. And then straight into recording Node, we went... As soon as that tour finished, we had um, we had jumped on the bus and went to uh, New Jersey to record with Will Putney. That's crazy. Um, I think we were chipping away at music on the tour and trying to figure out what we do and when we get to the studio. But just because there was so much going on, like I don't think we really uh, we didn't really lock down too much before we got into the studio. I think a lot of the album kind of came together, at least for me vocally and trying to make that match the music that kind of came a lot together in the studio. Yeah. I would imagine being more, yeah, you're probably kind of overwhelmed and focused on everything else, right? Okay. You're the new vocalist for this band. You got to know the songs you're coming out to these crowds that you have to win over essentially with, you know, they might've been a fan before and it's like, okay, now I got to come out and kind of prove myself to these people. And now we need to write a record. And we have this one song that I kind of helped with or helped write. And we have a, an album. Yeah. It, talk about pressure. I mean, was it hard to, to kind of handle all that right away? Absolutely. Um, I think as well with, 
with Adrian and the previous vocalist, he had a very uh, particular style of lyric writing, which was very, I don't know, spiritual and kind of, uh, I don't know, a bit open to uh, interpretation in a in a kind of psychedelic way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, which was something that like I like really enjoyed listening to, but it wasn't the kind of thing I'd ever written before. And I just always felt coming into the band that I didn't want to feel like whatever I was writing was going to be like, have this disjointed feeling to what Northland had done prior. So I didn't really know what to do in terms of lyric writing at that point. I was leaning on Josh, our guitarist, quite a lot. And, um, and Putney as well kind of had a big hand in kind of guiding us through the vocal process on Node. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a lot of pressure because I think as well, once again, people might have expected me to just come in and start writing like emo lyrics and <laughs> right, like, something that's totally not what they were we used to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't kind of destroying any legacy, but still kind of managing to put my own uh, spin on things, um, which was, yeah, a quite a difficult process. And I was stressing out a lot in the studio. I stress out every time we go into the studio though. I, I'm very good at doubting my myself, <laughs> so <laughs> I. Um, but that was definitely the most stressful point because I think I also got I got like food poisoning the first couple of weeks, so I was like, oh, "Wow!" In the toilet, just exploding, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, I was just I was wrecked by then because I was just like I'd never done any kind of extensive touring like that and. I'd never been. I'd never been overseas before I joined Northland. I so yeah, you're experiencing so many new things all at one time. Wow. Yeah, it was quite. A, it was. It's to be honest, it was like a blur for a good few years because I was just kind of on the Northland train, just seeing where it took me. And at some point, we kind of were able to slow down, and I was like, "Wait, what have we just done?" Like, I just. <laughs> Like a couple of years of like European festivals and and going to Europe like twice twice every year for the last couple of years and it's just like this from going from doing nothing like that to like the most almost as much as you could possibly do um, kind of uh, took me out of feeling too stressed about like what people would think I was just like I was gonna do it <laughs> you just were like yeah going right just going forward at that point you. <laughs> Wow. Um, then, I mean, what a validating way to to kind of put your stamp on the band with the first record. I mean, it goes number one in Australia. Yeah, that was that was really uh, dumb to me. <laughs> like, I was, <laughs> like to, for that to happen, um, and at this point as well, we've we've uh, received three Aria awards, which is like our equivalent of a Grammy. A Grammy, yeah. In the in the hard rock category, and that was not anything I ever thought would happen. Like I never thought playing, especially playing, yeah, like heavy music, that that would be something that I would have on my like mantle or whatever <laughs> is a, an award for writing a heavy album. is is so insane to my brain. Um, and and, and yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, just having that support from kind of from day one. I mean, there were a lot of people who were a bit off it and um, had allegiance to the old sound. But as time's gone on and, and stuff has kind of snowballed, people have just been constantly 
um, yeah, just really positive about everything we've been doing and kind of we've been building, a, I, I suppose, like a new fan base in a different direction, I guess. Yeah, well, and I mean, you've been in the band longer than than the other guy was, right? He had his own two records and now this is your fourth album coming out. And yeah. I mean, to come out the gate with a number one record, <laughs> that kind of says a lot. <laughs> still, yeah still doesn't make sense to me because <laughs> i said i yeah but i think because that album's so surrounded with like stress and like not being sure of what we're doing it's it's hard for me to feel that that's a, a deserving award or a milestone to have reached but i don't know i'm yeah <laughs> that's me just being negative <laughs> i was gonna say yeah <laughs> i think it's a huge accomplishment and and what a way to kind of come out the gate and validate yourself uh in a band that was had it was already established but then to kind of elevate them to the next level that's really an amazing thing to to kind of accomplish there time. um so from that record like what would what the ne the next album you guys put out what, what would you say like a milestone from that would be um well, Mesmer was for me the first. Uh, was like the first step in me feeling comfortable writing my own kind of lyrics and writing from my own experience. Um, yeah, that's I guess yeah the kind of Northland train just kept going and it was still just full full speed ahead um, for everything like touring and whatever it was, but. I still wasn't quite sure where I stood in terms of what I was going to write about and yeah, like how I kind of bring my own, bring my own voice into what we're doing. Um, but we worked with David Bendeth on that record and for me, he really helped, um, he, he really helped me with my confidence in writing, yeah, writing from my own experience and writing stuff that meant something to me. Um, and there's two songs that he and I kind of sat in a room and, and put together together, which was Heart Machine and Fade. And they're, yeah, a lot more personal and a lot more um, directed at, like, my own experience than anything I'd written with Northlane or been involved with with Northlane before that. Mm -hmm. um, and those songs seem to do, like, seem just to connect with the fans a lot. Not a lot more, but a lot in a lot more personal of a way than anything we'd done before. So mm -hmm. for me, that was just kind of a good confidence boost to then try and push that even further as we move forward with new music. Like um, that vulnerability? Yeah, I think because that's, yeah, like I said earlier, coming from being a fan of like emo and and like that, oh my goodness, early era, like pop, or like not earlier, like mid 2000s pop punk. like right. That's the kind of lyrics I like writing and like to listen to and connect to. And I just had to find that way to transition those kind of things into Northlane's music without it being unnatural. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, this was kind of that first step for me, I think, kind of being able to talk about um, stuff that might be a bit darker and a bit more personal and a bit more hard to listen to. But um, that meant a lot more to me, I think. Yeah, and I mean, you continued with, with with on the Alien record as well. I mean, Bloodline yeah. itself—that's a heavy song in itself, right there. Yeah, hundred percent. That's where it all kind of led to. I was like, okay, now that I've done this, I mean, 
I've kind of been given permission to push this as far as I want it now. Now that I've been with the band as long as I have at that point and people people know what to expect of me somewhat. They're kind of getting to know me a bit better. Um, yeah, now I can talk about yeah these things that I never really have ever gotten the chance to talk about in music, which is, yeah, talking about my upbringing in a, in a bit of a sketchy household. Um, yeah, for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, to, yeah. talk about yeah, like again a vulnerable thing to do to to kind of come out and put that all out there for everybody to. Yeah, I mean, it's not like your band. It was a small. You're not a small band, right? So you're you're putting this out here, and there's millions of people that are going to hear this story, and and but it, that's amazing that they're you know that's what people are connecting to, and I think it's just the yeah, just being raw and real with it yeah that's well, that's the music i connect with the most yeah is personal stuff and even if it's not something i relate to directly it's it's someone being vulnerable and i mean not pretending everything's okay because a lot of the time it's it it's not <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. and it, it's it's kind of you're doing yourself a disservice to not acknowledge that or try and unpack that in a healthy way or in a way that helps you understand it better um and yeah, that's what I really love about music as well is being able to express those feelings in in a way that's like creative but also lets out so much energy through yeah, whether it's screaming or singing or whatever, it's it's just such a wild release. Like a therapeutic moment for you, I guess. Sure, absolutely. And both like I mean, since you've been in the band, all the records have been nominated or one, right? You've won an award for the heavy metal or heavy album of the year in the Aria Awards. Like, I mean, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I mean, I feel like if we were in the same year as Parkway Drive, we wouldn't win. So <laughs> we've been really lucky with our draw there. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I mean, three in a row. Yeah, no. Well, I guess I'm, we're hoping four, right, with this new one. Yeah, we'll see how we go this year. It's yeah, I'm ex- I'm incredibly pl- incredibly proud of of that because yeah, like I said, it's it's such an odd thing in the heavy music world to kind of get that acknowledgement um, from like the the more widespread music community, not just your scene. I guess um, it's it's really yeah surreal to be honest. That that being said, like. Um, I don't know, I think people kind of expect us to be like, oh, we're now we're award winning, we're an award winning band. That's so sick. Um, but like, to us, they're just kind of they're just little trophies, you know. They're not they're not the thing we were trying to be in a band for to get an award. Like, we didn't start a, a metal band or a heavy band to be like, okay, now we're gonna be a number one band. Like, <laughs> we're gonna be at the top of the charts all year for sure. Like, that's not what we were trying to ever achieve. It's just an awesome acknowledgement that people around australia are um involved in a part of it and into it um, mm-hmm. really surreal that's yeah it's so amazing um with the, with alien in that album were you guys i mean you put the record in 2019 how much were you able to i mean it came out what the end of the year right august uh, of, of 2019 i think august. yeah so, so then you have like september october november december 
And then we start getting into 2020 where the world kind of closes. Like, did you get, were you able to do a big enough tour or support the record in the way that you hoped? Yeah, luckily, I feel like we did get to get most of what we wanted done. I think we might have had uh, one more US tour that was booked and maybe had to get canceled before it got announced. Um, But besides that, I think most of the touring for the album, at least, was pretty close to uh, being done. Yeah, we we were lucky we were one of the bands that released an album in like March of 2020 and then didn't get to tour it at all. That We were really lucky that we um, avoided anything like that, which yeah would have sucked for anyone who did go through that. Um, mm-hmm. But I yeah. mean, obviously, we would still like to have toured through the last couple of years and do other stuff or or maybe release this album sooner. Um, there's a lot of stuff that has kind of messed us up a little bit over the, the lockdown period, but we're still, yeah, just lucky that we were able to still give Alien the life it deserved, I think. Mm-hmm. And you did a documentary over the, the the lockdown, right? Did that Was that filmed around the same time? Or was that uh, all happening, that, or was that prior? Was that the negative energy documentary? Yeah. That was, so we filmed that at the, oh yeah, while we're on tour for the album. So for Alien. So it was, okay. So that was shot on tour. You just put it out when, yeah, when you guys got back. And then, so we, we, you get back from the road and it's 2020 and how do you adapt? Like what, at that point, what are you guys all thinking and, and how do you move forward? Yeah. Well, f- for me, at least I, I really struggled, um, to, I don't know. At first I was like, okay, cool. We've got time to write music and, and be creative and use this as a time of inspiration. Not, not kind of like, don't look at this as a bad thing. Look at it as a good thing. But a few months in, like, it was just like, where do you draw inspiration when nothing's happening and everything's kind of up in the air and everything's uncertain. Um, So, I mean, we, we knew we needed to start working on new music and John always is, he's always ready to, to go with that kind of thing. Like he um, would just be experimenting with sounds um, as, yeah, as we're kind of getting to the end of a, an album cycle, he'll just start working on stuff and eventually send us little demos and stuff when he's ready. But for me, I was just like, I can't, I don't know what to write about. I don't know what to talk about. Um, cause for me, I've always wanted to try and put like a positive spin on things like, and, and not just leave things sour and negative, but everything I was trying to write was, yeah, was like that. I was just kind of not feeling good, not feeling like, like I knew what was happening or like, I didn't know where we were going to be in a year or two years or knowing that it was going to be two years until we played a show. Like there's all these different parts that like i really struggled with um which kind of then turned into what the album is about subject wise it is just quite a negative um inward look at me just kind of struggling with i guess navigating the world at the moment Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i i've heard artists talk about this similar subject where it's you know, the pandemic happens and, you know, you got a lot of time on your hands, you want to write a record and it's like, how inspired can you be so if you're not looking li- about it? <laughs> yeah. Like you're, you're not living life. Right. I mean, you're just kind of, okay. 
yeah. Hang, yeah. hanging out. So I, yeah, I'd imagine that being very hard to, yeah, to kind well, of get creative. It was good in a way, like to focus on like your home life, like obviously just being here with my partner. Um, it felt like I was kind of settling into like a very simple life of just, you know, making dinner and walking the dog and doing that kind of stuff, <laughs> which was kind of nice, but it just made me realize how much like I need to be having this uh, release of energy by playing shows and, and interacting with people at a show and just feeling like I'm doing what I'm kind of meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, how big of a moment are you guys like to, to have the song chosen for the Tom Clancy game? Was that a huge deal for you? Are you guys video gamers? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm not coordinated at work or can kind of speak coordinated enough to play uh, Rainbow Six. I don't think there's a bit too much going on for me. I'm a bit more of a Fortnite boy. I, I gave okay. it a, I gave it a bit of a try when we were when it, um yeah we got announced for that. The rest of the guys are a lot more handy. <laughs> are they um, are they big gamers or do they play uh, that game? I guess it'd be the. I think Nick like Nick is John likes to game as well. I think we're we're all pretty different in what we like to play though. But I think yeah Nick. Nick would probably be the the primary primary okay. gamer. primary gamer, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's such a cool thing. What a cool moment to have! Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, I mean that. Despite well, uh, besides that, it's just interesting to have a song like I just. You remember when you would play a video game when you were younger? Like if it was like Burnout or Need for Speed, and just hearing new music mm-hmm. on that. Like that's where I love, would find a lot of new music. Well, not new music, I guess, but. Um, but bands, of, you could discover bands yeah. from there. I mean, FIFA always has a great soundtrack. Uh, Madden would have good sound. Like those sports games would have great ones. Yeah, the Tony Hawk games. When, yeah, there was an era when there was so much like metal or alternative music in those games, and um, to be a kind of a part of that journey of someone maybe discovering something new that they hadn't ever even considered through just a game they enjoy. Um, that's really exciting. Yeah, it's it's so cool now to see. I mean, I obviously it was happening before. Um, like I remember when I heard it thrice on Madden, uh, my like my I was like because I was a fan of them. I'm like, oh my gosh, like they've made it to the point where they're on this video game. Like that was like so crazy to me. And but now like with with Fortnite, as you said, you know, or some of the other games that are happening that became real big over the quarantine, uh, you'd see these bands like you know were break not breaking but like they're coming out on these games and it was crazy to see like wow yeah even on in Fortnite, like i've heard architects and stuff pop up on the like radio in the car or whatever yeah (laughs) right it's crazy yeah like who knows who's going to hear that someone who's never heard of architects before and just suddenly they're like oh this is cool i might check out what this is and and maybe i'll be a fan of this band now there's so many opportunities for someone new to find your music through something like that um mm-hmm. yeah really awesome yeah well tell me about this new record it's coming out what next in well, what, a about a month weeks. yeah, yeah a few weeks from now yeah um so yeah i'm excited it's been it's been a long time coming we recorded this about a year ago now um and yeah like i said it's kind of just a kind of a look at my experience trying to navigate going through the last couple of years and mm-hmm. I guess also 
trying to step away from the more like detailed personal um, aspect of like alien and trying to be a bit more broad with what I'm talking about. Um, in the end, I feel like we've all gone through pretty much the same thing. I'm not speaking um, about being trapped in lockdown as if it's like a unique experience. Um, so for me, this album, at first I didn't want, yeah, like I said, I didn't want to be writing this negative thing, but the longer that kind of things went the way they did, I just couldn't help but find myself just, I don't know, unlocking or like unpacking the things that I was going through and, and, and the emotions I was feeling and just the idea of everything being pretty crap and it's not really gotten any better in a long time and I guess just trying to deal with that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, bummer. <laughs> yeah. I, was the record done when uh, when your bass player left the band? Did he? Or, so the uh, record was complete or did he... I don't he even, even know if you want to get into this. I'm just curious. Oh, no, that's all good. Yeah, he left uh, before we got into the studio. Um, yeah, he kind of left towards the end. Or he left after the uh, like last tours we did. Um, just because I think even before COVID, he was um, kind of feeling like touring wasn't for him. I think he came and he joined North Lane after being in a touring band for so long. Um, and he used to think like, I don't want to tour anymore, but he had this urge to do it again. And I think he might've just jumped in a bit too soon again and wasn't Got really burned out of it. Yeah. Which is yeah. totally fair as well. Being the only, um, like he was from Toronto. So being a Canadian, having to come to Australia for, to have to cop that jet lag and have to like <laughs> rehearse and then be stuck somewhere you're not familiar with for like three weeks and. Like it, it made sense, like being the only person, kind of being thrown out of their comfort zone. So, right. Um, yeah. So this was uh, primarily just yeah the, the four of us, or it was the four of us, um, which was, I guess, not too too big a change because that's almost how it was before. Right. It kind of was there. It, it wasn't like it changed the writing process or anything like that. Yeah, so there wasn't too, it wasn't too bad of a transition out of that. I don't think we weren't too too worried. Um, okay, but yeah, that's that was still all. There's still all this other tension that was right external. Yeah, <laughs> did uh, did you guys record the record in Sydney? We recorded it in Melbourne, um, oh. in, or in Victoria, in a place called Mount Dandenong, which is. Um, maybe like an hour and a half, two hour drive from Melbourne. Um, okay. And yeah, we rented uh, an Airbnb place, which uh, I th- it seems like it was accommodation for like a wedding reception type thing. <laughs> but it had like, it had like six, six rooms and like a cinema in it. Um, wow. Like a, like a spa and stuff. And we just flew uh, Chris Blancardo, who's uh, the engineer on, obsidian um and one of our old friends from from pretty much from when north End started um we flew him up to melbourne and set up a studio in the cinema um john set up like a little guitar tracking station in his room i set up a vocal um tracking area in my room and 
we all kind of just chipped away at our own different things up in um up in the dandenongs wow is that a process you guys would uh do again or do you prefer more of a go in the studio situation Uh, i enjoyed it i think maybe yeah i mean maybe not that place again but i think it's always good to kind of get a new perspective when you're recording or writing um but to be honest yeah i think we've always tried to do something like to record in different places and try and get a new experience out of it uh Mm -hmm. i think the guys have recorded with partney a couple of times before i joined but i've only recorded with him once and every album's been different for me so um yeah, I didn't. I didn't necessarily prefer this any less or more. I kind of felt a lot of pressure doing the vocal stuff, like recording it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if I'd want to do that again. Um, <laughs> that being said, like, I, yeah, I'm really proud of what we've done up there and what I was able to record there as well. Just because you know when you're doing vocal stuff and all, you, yeah, you're doing vocal stuff and it's you can be very particular about what you want it to sound like, and if you know what you're doing you could just do it. But if you're trying to explain it to someone else, like it, it's, it's so hard to get that message across. Um, so for me, it was like a win, win, lose kind of thing. I was like, okay, I get to do what I want with it, but I also have to do all the work. So that's a bit stressful. (laughs) Sure. Sure. (laughs) I like, uh, I've interviewed Will Putney before. He's a great guy. Uh, that's cool that you had a chance to do, at least do the one record with him And was I, I'm actually just curious real quick. Was it hard kind of going? I mean, I know there's a lot of emotions going on around that first album and kind of everything that had happened. And was it, you know, going in and you knew that they had done the two records prior with him. Was it in, like, was that a, in, a, you know, like a hard dynamic for you to kind of go in and be like, okay, he's used to recording this other guy on this first two records. And now he's going to record me. Like, was yeah. that even something that crossed your mind? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, but that's, I'm sure there was nothing like, yeah, nothing going on there. That's just me being paranoid me. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would have been paranoid. That's, I guess, yeah. where I was going with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah like I, yeah, like I, I've, I've always had that same kind of, um, uh, like attachment to singularity that I'm sure a lot of, Mm-hmm. old North Lane fans have and that comes out of them recording with Partney and um, to me I'm like yeah am I ever going to live up to what he might expect of me when <laughs> like, <Yeah>. he recorded Singularity <laughs> am I going to ever live up to that um, you exceeded it <laughs> yeah well I, he made it really like comfortable to be honest like he was such an awesome dude and um, definitely made sure it didn't make me at all feel like some new guy like just trying to do the bit like he he definitely realized I was like stressing out and then helped me kind of find my way through that. Um, the only thing that was like funny about recording with Partney is um, he just, I, just because, you know, being an American, he would see the music being consumed by the American audience. So would then sometimes ask me to sing words with an American accent. And I'm like, that's not how I'd sing it. I would never sing it like that. <laughs> but then he's oh, like, "Oh, interesting." Yeah, but, but people, people might not understand you if you don't do that. And I'm like, "Yeah, but then my voice disappears." So there's right. like, there's a little bit of a very Push. minor clash there. But uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's like the only thing I remember being kind of funny because it's like I just wouldn't, I wouldn't sing like that. I wouldn't say 
I wouldn't put that really exaggerated R on something or whatever it might be. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting. That's really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Just thinking about accents and how that would all kind of comes into play too. When you were, yeah, like you said, recording with a guy from the, from the States, that's like, well, I wouldn't say it that way. Well, yeah. Cause you're not from, <laughs> or, yeah, like, you, you don't also, have the same accent as me. <laughs> yeah, He's looking at it also by the, how people hear it, which I think is like also really interesting. And I think in some, um, in some places it might make sense to sing something a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like this isn't about singing, but there was a lyric in um, a song called Enemy of the Night um, where we would call, um, we would call like a petrol station or a gas station. Yeah, petrol station. Whereas mm-hmm. around the world, it's different. You might call it a service station or a, uh, gas, a gas station, like you said. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, like for me, I was I spent a lot of time on that lyric, being like, "What do I? Or which one do I use? Which is going to be the most universal for people to be actual?" Like to be able to understand. Um, so it's weird those kind of uh, cultural differences that you got to have a think about. Yeah, that's interesting. I would. I've never thought about that. But when you are writing it, you kind of have to find the most broad sense of of the term because obviously there's a lot of slang, not even slang, but words that mean the same thing that you would use in a different. Like you, like I've noticed with a lot of people that you talk to that are from um, Australia, say loads or the UK, they load yeah. loads of this. And instead of going like, yeah, there's a ton of this, you know, it's like yeah. just the same thing. It, not we, don't that, ton, we don't use ton as like a, a, a form of measurement in Australia or like not as much as, uh, oh, I know we do. Yeah. But you, we would just be like, oh, there's a bunch. Like we got there, yeah. there's a bunch of blah, blah, blah. When it's yeah. like loads of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And I noticed in like UK, they do that as well. Totally. Um, But I love that. I wish I said that. I I should start because I think it sounds way cooler and cleaner than what we we do (laughs) over here. (laughs) The vocabulary. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Marcus. I mean, this has been awesome. I appreciate you being so flexible with yesterday. I mean, we had some bizarre weather and tornado warnings and all that stuff. Glad you came out of that. Okay, was yeah, well, that's pretty hectic. We don't get <laughs> we don't get tornadoes over here, so I wouldn't well, know what that's like. Well, it's crazy because I w- yeah, my family we were from Southern California in San Diego, lived there for our basically our whole lives. And from California, we moved to Nashville a year ago uh, last February, and we never experienced anything like tornadoes before here. And it's just like you know, these sirens going off, and then it's like. I'm sure that a lot of the people that live here or grew up here are probably like, you guys are freaking out. Another one. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, <laughs> and then we're in this like neighborhood Facebook group and trying to like, you know, on Twitter looking. And it's like, it's one of those things where it gets dicey because there's a lot of people who have moved here in recent years from other places in the country that aren't comfortable with it yet either. So everyone's yeah. kind of on the same like uneasy page, but I bet if I called up somebody that I knew had lived here for 15 years, they'd be like, you're all right, dude. Like, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? they, they didn't budge. They didn't budge yesterday. No, no it was pretty <laughs> cool. There was a lot coming up through uh, like Alabama and, yeah. you know, it, coming up through the South and kind of dying out when they got to, I mean, the winds were gnarly. You could hear the house shaking on the winds, but it wasn't like tornado. We could have done this. So, yeah. but I appreciate you being flexible. Of course. No, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. I do have one more quick question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. 
advice um yeah i mean it's i feel like the advice that we give like anyone in my band gives is always so boring josh's like go to is just practice a lot um but like yeah i think for me something that was has always been important to me is just to be passionate and to always put like all of your effort into the thing you're passionate about um for me like i was i've been playing music since yeah i was yeah 12 or 10 12 ish dabbling and slowly building up my abilities um but i always had this thing where like i knew i didn't want to go overseas to travel like just to for leisure i wanted to go overseas to play music and i didn't want to do anything um besides playing music and that meant like there was a lot of struggling like me trying to just get by making ends meet just trying to make this music thing work um and i think i was really lucky but also i think what happened with northlane was that they could see even though i was in like a more of a local band thing just kind of doing the rounds they could see how passionate i was for that how much i wanted to be doing that um and how much i brought to northlane i guess as well um so for me i think it's just so important that whatever you're focusing on doing in your life whether that is creative musically or anything else is you like put all of what you are into that um because i feel like if you're not putting 100 percent into the thing you're passionate about it's it's never going to happen or it's going to be really hard to make that happen um because if you're not yeah if you're not focusing on it you're you're getting distracted and not thinking about pushing that as far as you can go um but then yeah and also practice a lot <laughs>